0: by the watch complication we compare rich by who's more ostentatious diamonds line up make a star constellation and never talk
1: numbers via phone conversation
2: welcome 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 to another episode of the no concept of time podcast i am yaniv your host i'm here with my co-host edwin
0: and we are back for another week episode five i believe it is
2: yeah episode five it's been a while
0: it's been one week <laughs>
2: i know it, it, it feels like
0: a while when you when you uh, when you skip a week. Um, we skip we skipped a week due to like you know, hurricane Schedule. related and scheduling thing after a hurricane. So, uh, pardon us for that, but we are back here for another week and uh, a weekly update on Yaniv's uh, Apple Watch, which I can attest he has been wearing a lot. We have played a couple of rounds of golf. He was wearing it. Give us the weekly update, well, two week update of the new Apple Watch.
2: So it's been, I think, three weeks now total that I've owned it, um, oh, and I haven't—I've taken it off once to wear another watch alone. But other than that, this well, past what week, what was I the have, watch? I wore my uh, Explorer One. Okay, All which right. is a great watch, and it was fun. I wore it to work, and I definitely missed my Apple Watch. I felt like naked almost. Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting all those like fun features like uh, tracking my steps, my calories um, and those kinds of things. And I've downloaded a couple other apps that do similar to things to like whoop where it gives you like a sleep score um, and then like your recovery and those kinds of things. So it's kind of become like this full circle uh, picture of my health, which I mean, to be honest, isn't the greatest at this point, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, it's been fun to wear for sure. I've worn it uh, playing golf uh, the few times and it was like, pouring rain, remember, and it was mm-hmm. just like totally functional the screen was working perfect in the water um I'm really enjoying it, so then actually I actually double wristed uh Gross. last Gross. last week, which was a mess um it definitely felt weird, so I took my watch off and I left it in my back because um i I didn't like the feeling of I felt like I was definitely wearing like accessories almost it was it didn't feel natural yeah um so it felt like I was wearing like a bracelet or something and i didn't exactly. I didn't like that there was someone that I met um he came in, i met him at work he was actually double wristing he was wearing an apple watch on his right wrist because or no his apple watch was on his left wrist because of heart issues he just had open heart surgery mm-hmm. so he was wearing a apple watch on one wrist and then a cartier tank on a bracelet on the other wrist which i'm not necessarily the biggest fan of but it was cool to see it like someone actually doing it you know
0: yeah ne- i have never been a fan of the uh cartier on a bracelet look at all i i think that's more of a woman's look for for a watch than actually the actual the cartier like it looks like a woman's watch when it's on a bracelet
2: yeah i but, agree 100 percent. speaking of cartier, uh did you see the new pebble that just came out
0: okay i've been seeing this watch a lot and for some reason the look of that watch is like resembling to me like in my brain at least of like a vintage cartier watch so i haven't really been paying that much of attention to it but i have been looking at the watch like is this is a re-released version of the of, of already model that exists correct
2: so yeah it it was a watch that was a very rare vintage like extremely rare mm-hmm. uh it's called mm-hmm. the london rebel It sold for just over four hundred thousand dollars um at at like an auction a couple months ago and then another month a month later another one sold for the same amount of price and then um it made it the one of the rarest Cartiers ever, um, and they just released another version of it. I think is that what's yeah. going on?
0: It's it's the so they're introducing the Cartier Pebble for its 50th anniversary, limit of 150 pieces.
2: I mean that's a it's a great looking watch, and I like that they did 150 pieces and not like a general release kind of watch. Because can you imagine like you paid four hundred three thousand dollars at auction, and then <laughs> yeah. a month later Cartier just comes out with this watch that anybody can get? I'd be so upset.
0: Yeah, so they do a yellow gold, and then one that they have one that's in white gold with a black dial as well. The yellow gold one mm-hmm. with just a tan, and then the ivory dial is like phenomenal. Like I like we've talked about on this podcast a million times. I'm probably one of the biggest Cartier fans, and I enjoy this watch a lot. Like I like that it's a take on a circular uh, watch, but then also has the Cartier like square Santos look yeah, as well. That. Like it, it's it's just. What Cartier has done like very well is just make really elegant looking watches and like and doing that and having it like be the class of the watch. I also didn't know that Cartier is number two in sales on watches behind Rolexes.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Big time for sure. That's crazy. I think- I don't think like we realize how many I think it's mostly like the Santos a few tanks but I think like the Santos and those like the Pasha those are like the big big sellers that they have and I think those do really really well for people's like first watches well, to get pet, into like
0: the Pet 3 is a very like a uh, popular watch with women as well like every every woman who I knows what do you say?
2: it's the Panther my mom would be really mad if she heard you say that panther. She sorry would be mad she's gonna
0: Sorry, I'm not French. I don't speak French. I don't <laughs> that, like. Um, but no, that that watch is that watch is a very um big watch in the women's watch world. For a, a lot of women who yeah, I know who have watches, love that watch.
2: I'm pretty sure my sister is like interested in that watch. It's a great looking watch. It's course, super elegant. Yeah. It. I think Cartier is like, the word to summarize it is elegance. I think it's pure class. Almost everything they make, from jewelry to watches, is just extremely elegant and this is no different. This is just perfectly executed, great size at thirty six millimeters, extremely thin at six point three millimeters. That's one thing like, I to love think, about it. To
0: think, that, like,
2: to think that like a pelagos is fourteen millimeters thick and this is more than half as thin, like it's it's gotta be so nice to just like see that like just so flat on your wrist. That's to me is the most one of the most important things about like a fit in a watch is the thickness yeah and being that's got to be so nice
0: because we we talked about it too like um we talked about the Tudor. what was what was the the tutor pro (laughs) blackboard pro Pro? yeah yeah. we talked about that watch because i saw the watch just like you know from like the just the dial and when I saw it turn over to the like they did a review and they turn over to the right, the side of that watch is so thick,
2: yeah, <laughs> like. That is a
0: different. And that kills watches for me. Like the watches that are extremely thick, like kill watches. Like we've talked about, um, the Rolex Deep Sea as well. Like that watch is huge. Like like who, what, That's like so heavy. Like the the watch is never a necessity for me. It's always an an additive to what you have on to complete right. what you have on. Um and it's always been a thing for me of comfort and that's why I always like just like thin watches cause they're always very light and look a lot more elegant than like having like something like a chunk. A P offshore. Like who who wears that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, that's, are
2: here, like <laughs> To me it's like that dinner plate conversation. Like you don't want you literally don't want to be having a dinner plate on your wrist. Like Exactly. I think that Victor sells watches at, like, 60 millimeters is insane. <laughs> it's, it's, that people actually buy that and are like, yeah, this is a sick watch. I'm going to wear this forever. It's, like, that's insane. insane.
0: But going back to Cartier, um, this weekend I had, was watching a couple of watch videos um, with Tudor and Cartier. And I uh, stumbled upon the Theo and Harris, his top six um, Cartier watches. And I was introduced to the 1970 Santos watches. And the thing that I enjoyed about oh, that watch so much is that it has almost the same like you know the new Cartier watches are all polished and you know like just bright like mm-hmm. shiny nice watches, mm-hmm. and the look of that watch, especially the bracelet, is what really made me like the watch a lot more. Was more of a rugged AP look, like the clasp of it and the material of that of that 1970 Santos. Gives me the same vibe as the bracelet on a Royal Oak, and I was like, "Yo, this this watch yeah. is insane!" And I can understand why they go for that price point, especially the all yellow gold uh, Cartier Santos from the seventies early or early eighties go for a really nice amount of money because they don't really make that style of watch anymore at all. It's a lot yeah, more
2: elegant. It's, like it's, it's more. These are these old Santos are more like industrial. It has that more like turn of the century, not turn of the century, but there's like a a period in time where like Gerald Denton was making the AP, the Royal Oak, like the original Royal Oak, Mm -hmm. when they were making the the Nautilus, where they were like creating rugged elegance almost. And it's that combination of the two where like you literally make masterpieces like the Royal Oak and the Nautilus. Like that's how those things came about. So I can totally see what you're saying. And I love, love, love the old uh santos they're so cool jerry seinfeld wears one in the beginning of the first few seasons of seinfeld
0: well that that's what that's what also attracted it to me because when when i saw because i saw jerry wearing that watch and i was pointing it out which is something that two years ago i would never have done because i would have just been like oh he just Mm -hmm. has a normal watch on um and then i watched the video after and getting that information about that watch and actually getting like an up-close look about that watch i was like yo like i texted you immediately. i was like i need that on my wrist, like I need that on my wrist, like because the yellow gold to me doesn't really appeal to me because it's like too flashy. Um, but they're is it stainless steel or is it that silver?
2: Uh, it's stainless steel, but it's okay. some of them come in two. I think Jerry was yeah. wearing a two tone, yeah, which is like that's one of the only pieces like that can pull off, like a, a vintage Santos. Mm-hmm. Is I like it.
0: The thing about two tones with me is I, I really never enjoy two tones. That it's uh stainless steel and in yellow gold, I feel like the rose gold like combination of stainless steel looks better to me at least. Something about yellow gold to me that yes. I don't really enjoy that much on a bracelet of a watch. I don't mind that on like like the Pebble, where it's just the the actual like casing around that watch that that right. is. Yeah, it's I feel like, like everywhere. Yeah, yellow gold like the yellow gold Santos when he pulled it out when uh, Theo Hirsch pulled it out. I was like, it's nice, but, like, I would never see myself wearing that watch. It's too flashy. Like, it's too, like, you know when you see that, like, it, somebody's going to think, like, you spent triple the amount of money that you spent on that watch. Oh, yeah. Like, if it's all yellow gold, and, you know, th- those watches are fully yellow gold, especially the bracelet, they're going to think if you paid fifteen, you paid $60,000 for that watch. Yeah. And then we get to the conversation of, the billboard that they had in london that you sent me recently on instagram where it's just like hey don't wear watches in london like or you they will get stolen
2: watch your watch like that's crazy that like it's that now it's it's specifically targeting watches it's so scary like that's
0: i mean we've talked about it like okay it's it's with anything that has of the people that know they have value so now watches are becoming very 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 more popular like watch collecting is becoming a lot more doable and trendy exactly right because everybody wants an investment like you see all these uh, like coaches on instagram yeah like all these coaches on instagram which like i i I buy i don't even wear it because i know it's going to go up in price like okay whatever dude um (laughs) <laughs> but like you know, you know the exact guys that I'm talking about. Like the guy that looks like oh, yeah. Brett Favre, the guy that looks like Brett Favre, and he always talks about no. like <laughs> the money stuff. Like, like watch Trading
2: Academy.
0: Yeah, no. Like, there's no real like love behind the watch or any or okay. anything. But the thing no is, meaning like, at all. yeah, no meaning. Like, it's only like for a gain. And like, those are the type of people that I think people are really. Following in the sense of like, oh no, we only buy Rolexes. Like you know, I think that's where like a lot of this like only Rolex AP and now that this market is coming from, like no other watches exist to them because those other watches they know are going to be valuable. But going off of that, how how it go how it tends into going to people stealing those watches is that those people see the same stuff. Like they know that if you have a black ceramic AP, that's seven hundred thousand dollars in their pocket. One
2: hundred percent. They're doing the same research.
0: Yeah. no, we've yeah, talked about we, yeah, we've talked about this plenty of times. Where like we would have people come into the place that we used to work, and they would have a Richard Mill on, and I'm like, how do you walk on here with a seven hundred thousand dollar watch? And then mm-hmm. we're in the midst of a pandemic where people aren't making money, and you're just like, oh, it's fine.
2: Yeah, no problem, <laughs> just walk in. and yeah. like it's it's just it's the the lack of like self awareness that you just walk in like it's totally act like it's totally normal. I I don't understand that. it's, it's wild to me.
0: And I feel like it's even worse. I, I feel like it's worse if you wear a Rolex cuz a Rolex is easily spotable by anybody. I feel like oh, identify. Yeah. A, a Patek or an a, I feel like AP and Rolex are, are are definitely like top 2. A Patek is l- less noticeable to people who don't know at least a little bit about watches. I feel like the London culture especially is a culture that has a, a lot of class so they're they're used To seeing things of that nature like nautilus ap's like you know a lot of people are very cultured with like products over there so oh versus versus here if you come over here it's like if you wear a rolex people just think like if you wear a rolex and ap people would just think like uh the rolex guy has more money yeah
2: Yeah. it's just it's it's all about perception and some people like need that some people that's what they're like ingrained to know is that like if i wear this more people will look at me more people will want to be my friend more people will want to take like sleep with me like that's that's oh, that that and that's the,
0: not the latter version of it is exactly what it is <laughs> that's all it is it's it's it's, it's that there, reason it's... Mm-hmm. you know the, the one the one thing that i'll give you was really early on when you would wear watches before we got really close um I'm a person who's observant, so I, I like to like see like how you react with with having things and with not having things, and a lot of the times when you would talk about watches, it would be something from more of an, a a passion standpoint. Like you still have snobbish 100%. ways, a hundred percent. Like it's, but that but that is something that is embedded with you through like family things. Like I said, like I have the more clean slate of coming into watches because I don't know what's frowned upon. I don't know what people don't like a lot. Like I gravitated towards Cartier when you sent me the tank. A lot of people think Cartier, like as as in past episodes with the intro, think they're quote unquote dog water or a bad brand. So Mm -hmm. I don't really have the the yeah I don't really have the snobbish way. With this, like, how I would look at things with, like, sneaker-related things. Where it's just like, oh, those aren't original. That's kind of like what people who don't know buy. I don't have that. But exactly. you, you, had more of a, yeah, you had more of a passion with that stuff with, like, um, you could break down a lot of stuff to watches. Like, you, you knew a lot of information. If you hold right. half of the people who own a Rolex, probably don't even know, like... If I stick this in water, <laughs> like it, nothing it, will
2: happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like, like, like I mean, people, people go swimming with unscrewed crowns because they don't even know. Like, you need to screw the crown down so that water doesn't go into the movement. Like, they don't, no one, they don't. People don't usually think of that kind of stuff. And like, watch snobs are like one. Th- like my best friend, who is going to be on this later on this episode, is a watch snob. He does not care much for the Cartier, the elegance, those kinds of things he's mostly like what's the most expensive i mean he's in the he literally does this for a living exactly. but it's like whatever's more expensive is cool and he's kind of like that with cars too um but more expensive doesn't always equal more better it can yeah. kind of i mean i would rather wear a seiko srp 777 turtle than wear a two-tone yacht master like that's just it's not my vibe i don't like that simply okay m- there's nobody S99- you know.
0: yeah but yeah, ask ninety-nine percent of people. But if you go, if you take this circle, then a little bit smaller. If you ask watch people about Yacht Masters, most of them are gonna tell you that's a bad watch. But they wouldn't give you the reason on why it's a bad watch. They just heard people who know about watches say it's a bad watch. Like the 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 Yacht Master to me on a Oysterflex bracelet does not look that bad. Like I wouldn't tell you like that's the worst watch ever. But like people, people, people won't even people won't even entertain it. Granted, it's a pretty expensive price point for a yacht master, but you could get a better watch than a yacht master for a lot less. Like for me personally, I'll take a tank over a yacht master any day. But there's people probably who listen exactly. to this and it's like, what, why would you do that? Like, it's worth so much less and doesn't have any return on the value. And it's just like, mm, but I don't care because I'm doing it to wear the watch. If, if I was looking at it from an investment standpoint, like the person that we're going to have uh, on on the podcast later, then it, it, it kind of warps your thinking because now it's not really done from passion. It's done from, like, selling. It's a little different.
2: Yeah, so to the intro... The next piece of our, our of this episode, um, we're going to have on one of my best friends. He is a gray market dealer. Um, he's been doing it since I could remember. I, I, um, wish,
0: I wish I had uh, a soundboard here so I can put the booze for all the people who are like gray market dealers. Suck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's he's a he loves so much. And like whenever I have a question about like how much does this cost, or what reference number is this, or did this come in this metal? Like he knows all of it. Mm-hmm. Um. So he he's really well versed in it, which I know he gets annoyed when I talk about watches just because he does it for a living. So he kind of like hates it, <laughs> Bro, that's <bad> um, annoying. <laughs> but he knows so much. And like, I really want people to understand, like where the market is going, um, the value of certain pieces, like mm-hmm. there's so much to learn. Um, and I think he'd be a great addition. So on that note, let's let's have Elliot join in. Welcome back to the No Concept of Time podcast. We are here with our guest, Elliot. How's it going?
1: Good. How are you guys? Good. Not too bad. How's everyone's day? (laughs) Fine, I guess. It's been
2: a long day. I'm tired as hell, actually. (laughs) The kids are driving me crazy.
0: Yeah, I don't have that problem yet. Yeah, me either, so I'm good.
2: (laughs) So tell me a little bit about how you got into watch trading and, like, the whole background of everything.
1: So I was degenerate. And uh, my dad and mother have been in the business for a very long time. And I decided in high school that I would decide to partake in their family industry and business and try to, in the future, take over what they have created. And as I graduated college, I was sort of starting to intertwine myself with their life and their business. And as I um, started to get involved, I kind of realized that I didn't really know what I was doing. And up until COVID, I had no clue what watches really were. I knew about them and I knew the hype, but I didn't really like, I just kind of thought I knew and kind of just acted like I knew what I was talking about. But in reality is I didn't really know much until COVID happened and my dad told me I either get off my ass or get the fuck out. And that's when I uh, decided to really step it up and actually learn what I was actually doing and wanted to become someone of some sort in this industry. And then I started learning how people would post a watch and if someone needed it for that price, they'd immediately buy it. And, and that, in those early times, is was kind of uh, starting out in those group chats is what kind of our business was starting to grow into on wholesale levels. And then from there, I kind of learned that if I put a call out and someone answers me, that that one person that answers me like $1,000 less, I can make a flip right there. I can buy that $1,000 dip and sell it again to somebody else who needs it for that. Maybe I'll sell it $100 less. And I'll make my 900 That's kind of where I started to learn what people were doing or maybe that's kind of just how I understood it. And that's when I started to slowly get myself involved with the actual watch industry and started creating a name for myself from there I started learning references and I started learning some sort of about the movements and then every single model and every year that when they come out with a new model I'd learn that exact model and I try to buy it as fast as possible and try to get ahead of the game with everybody buying it so I could be the first and sell it for top dollar Mm -hmm. and then from there I kind of just grew my name and grew my inventory and my following and i've been doing it almost three years now and i've been uh considered one of the few who understands the the name of the game with it and growing in and out of this business
2: the thing is like okay so first of all these group chats are like extremely elusive and really difficult to get into. And like, you have to be like almost like welcomed, like kind of like trusted and someone has to like vouch for you to get in these things. And they're like these WhatsApp chats, literally like, just what like you would do with friends. But there's like hundreds of different dealers just putting calls like saying, Oh, I need this reference who got it. And then like, if you have it in your inventory, it's like, it's like, think of like the live stock market, but like through a WhatsApp chat, which Mm -hmm. is fucking crazy
1: the thing is, with 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 these chats, is like you have to really be a dealer to be in these chats. But over the year, like last three years, they started popping up as there's. I'm not sure if you guys know, but there's a one one big Facebook group that sells to retailers called Moda, and they kind mm-hmm. of started allowing access to some of the end users into these chats, which some people I'm really good. really don't like because it kind of takes away like you're allowing people into your wholesale business and you're creating, there's no wholesale and there's no retail anymore. It just it cre- creates some like hate towards the, like not allowing people in and it becomes a headache. But then you have somebody who wants to pay that price. But then again, you're in this business and they're not. And in reality, you're doing real business. You need a real resale license and all that stuff. And people are like, why would I need that? And that there's another part of this business that many people don't talk about is
2: mm-hmm.
1: how people run it And how it's not legitimate in most people's ways, and how some people actually really running legit, and it's hard to to do business with some people because they don't still don't have a resale license, and they consider it a side hustle and whatnot, and it just becomes a an issue because people don't want to say, let's say they don't want to pay taxes, they don't want to do this, and it it leaves you with the headache, not them.
0: Yeah, I don't don't think people really really see the business aspect of that like you said taxes or anything like that i think they they right. think that the watch market is more of like a sneaker resell and it's not really right it's not it's right. it's similar in the sense of like it's a market that's in demand and then you have a, a product that you can resell and if you know people you can get it at more of a retail price like an ad or anything like that but there's a lot right. more back into it because it's actually a lot more money and an actual business being done rather than you selling it on a, like, Facebook group of, like, oh hey, like, OBO $200 exactly. for some
2: donks. It's, it's different. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's, I've, I've bothered Elliot so much over the last couple of years, because I'm like, I want to get in this business. I want to be a dealer. I can do it too. Put me in the groups. Like, that should, it doesn't, it doesn't just work like that. I think nah. the biggest thing that, that, that I've started to realize is that it's, like, volume. It's how many watches you're trading every day. Like, how, and that the, these margins aren't huge no. most of the time exactly there's,
1: there's two there's two there's two sides of this business there's people which is i do in the middle what i do is i do volume but i also buy on on larger pieces where i can make bigger margins mm-hmm. listen some small some small pieces i make big margins too it's all about really knowing the business and knowing what people are paying and what people are what it's going for and, and how available it is to the market like, if I'm looking for a watch one day, and no one answers me, and no one tells me they have it, and that one person or somebody eventually comes back to me and they says they have it, I'll end up buying that watch, and I'll own that market for as long as I can until someone else. And I can make a big margin on it because no one else has it. Exactly. And that's no, that makes- that, That's kind of like if someone has a call, and they have an order, and their client needs it, and they can't wait. Because usually these are like, these calls and these orders, people take deposits, or they... they 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 tell their clients okay i have it within 24 or 48 hours and they can't wait longer that's when you make your 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 boom Mm -hmm. because somebody's not gonna wait and i have the watch no one else has it done i can make i can make that 50 percent margin if i need to usually we work on four to five percent you know but it it all depends
0: it's the same aspect as like if you look at it like um to make it more relatable to people it's like kind of like a vintage world where uh like with vintage teas or anything like that it's a lot more limited in the sense so like if need has a vintage Nas shirt or something like that and there's only three right. in the world and I control that market and I have all three, then I control that price. If somebody's willing to pay ten grand for that shirt, that is not worth ten thousand until it's not.
1: Right. Exactly Exactly how I see it.
0: Yeah.
1: The thing is and in the-, the last like um in the last uh I'm gonna say since february and march a lot of people don't know or they're starting to see i mean everyone knows the economy is kind of going taking a shit, but they don't realize that what what happened was it kind of started to eliminate the whole flipper market and the reseller market of the people who would buy from ads. if people don't really see that yet or they don't really know but if you see that every year rolex and ap and richard meal and patek they increase their retail price most of the time. Some mm-hmm. brands don't, but mostly AP does. And now it's come to a point where these flipping margins it doesn't pay because they have to pay taxes. Once they pay taxes, there's no more profit left. Exactly. So, so now like, it's what, coming how? down to there's no no profit for people who flip.
2: What does the market look like right now? Is it as it's so like you were saying, it's not as crazy as it was before? Like these it's guys like aren't making yet, shit. so <laughs> like like, give me an example. Like a Daytona. Like right now, I want uh
1: Okay, let's say like retail Daytona. I think now is at like fourteen eight or something like that, roughly plus tax. Okay? that's always been the biggest spread for for Rolex on like the sport models, roughly, because uh unless something new and hot came out, like the let's say the Lefty GMT when it came out, it was a retail was I think nine thousand whatever, and they were they came up to fifty thousand. Now they're right back down to twenty. 25, which is hmm. listen, people buy the hype, they lose 25,000, But people, don't, some people don't care, it's, it's all about who has it first. Yep, but Daytona right now is trading at wholesale market between 33, 32 for white dial, low, um, like high, high 20s for black dial, brand new. And this is between wholesale, okay, retail, you're gonna make another two, three grand because obviously we have expenses, we have. Uh, brick-and-mortar stores we have yeah. to cover we have client uh, employees to play we have we have and meat to make why not so let's say uh retail is gonna pay 35 36 and uh, there was a point where they were paying up to 55 crazy. you know yep. and that, okay. that, 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 that's Come crazy that's crazy but if you look at some other margins i don't know uh, if you guys know the meteorite daytona that came out last year
2: yeah yeah
1: the peak on that watch i think i sold it I think I sold it at maybe two sixty five or two seventy five, and it's down yeah. to down to right around one ten now. And see, the and the funny
0: thing about that is, is that somebody bought that at two seventy five because they thought it was gonna go even higher, and then they took that investment. Right. and now it's, You've lost a shit ton right. of money. Like, right. we, like we, exactly. we can talk. We can talk about like when me and you used to work at a specific store. There used to be a guy there that had a Tiffany op before the crazy hype of the Patek. Um, Tiffany, dial, and at that time they were trading for what? What amount of money were they trading for around that time?
1: Right after the Tiffany. Well, thing. when they, well, the thing is when the first OPs came out with the color and the Tiffany was obviously I, I you could tell it was obviously the hottest style was Tiffany color. Mm-hmm. They started they they popped up. They started selling around ten, eleven. Retail was six thousand fifty nine hundred yeah. at the time. I think they increased it to like sixty one now or a little bit higher. But they were trading between. 10, 11, they, you slowly started to see. I started buying them at that time. I paid the, I was paying like 13, 13, 5, 14, 4. I wanted to own the market. And at a point I did, I probably had 30 or 40 different OPs and different size range from 31 to 36 to 41. in all the colors, I was filling orders left and right. Cause whoever had it, I'd buy it. And early on supply wasn't like there, there weren't everywhere. Yeah. So I just owned that market and I would sell it. I wasn't selling them for crazy. i make, five hundred to eight hundred to a thousand bucks each watch and that was just that was my flipping on forty watches or whatever as many as I could sell plus other things. But then they started to creep up to fifteen, then twenty and then at a point in the highest peak, they reached fifty thousand yeah. when they were discontinued and the Tiffany paddock was said so that it was uh the hype to follow. Yeah. After that they're actually trading right now. I purchased one the other day at twenty two thousand brand new you know, they pretty high they're, they're, that, they're selling at it's it's high but don't forget it's discontinued so exactly something's yeah. discontinued and no one's gonna be able to get it again it's kind of you look back and you look at how rolex used to make stellar dials from day dates and that mm-hmm. they they trade for high money now because obviously they're impossible again they're very mm-hmm. popular stone dials and i want color painted dials so now it's kind of like it drops half the price but do you, are they going to keep going or whatnot? no one really knows anymore
0: yeah it's it's kind of like Wild Wild West with, with the, the watches uh, we were talking about earlier before we even got on that uh, a lot of the people are just I feel like in the last like 2-3 years the watches have gone up a lot in popularity just like trendy like it's become just the trendy thing to say that you know watches are the best investment so people are just buying it for the sake of just an investment rather than actually liking the product so I think that right. th- that that also applies to the market as well.
1: Listen, the way I see it, I think they are great purchases if you're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But nothing is really an investment unless you're putting it into something solid like even real estate's never you're not promised a return unless like you buy it so cheap that you know like you know.
0: Yeah, or unless you understand the
1: market. Exactly. Everything has a market, but you also look at it in a down market and down economy nothing is gonna be an investment. Mm-hmm. Or you see it that they possibly could pick up and you buy it at the bottom, there's always gonna be up and down in every market, every business, every mm-hmm. every no matter what, there's always gonna be up and downs. There's gonna price are gonna increase, they're gonna decrease. What happened with during COVID was there that trend of going up and down it stopped. COVID brought everything down, and then from there, it was a continuously ride up. Yeah, it's all up. And I, I don't think this people in this business have seen it ride that strong, it, probably ever. We, we all talk about it. It was like a, like a, a great ride of, like, 20, uh, 21, 22. That's what we'd say. Because you could buy something on Monday and by Friday, it was worth $5,000 more. Exactly.
0: And can we, we we can talk yeah, about the, on the
1: wholesale level. Yeah,
0: we can talk about the misconception as far as margins that people think that the great market dealers get. Because a lot of people just think that great market dealers just Correct. go into Rolex and they have an AD and then he just offloads fifty Daytona's to him off like off rip. And that's not the
1: reality so of 90, what it is. Ninety-eight percent of the business is people buy from their customers. They buy from. Uh, people off the street or they, they just build up people who come in they advertise and people sell and whatnot. there yeah. are some people who have been around for so long that they do have these AD connects yeah. that the AD will back door and sell to them of course but they've also made these ADs so much money for generations not like they've exactly. just like, <laughs> hopped up in and they, they it's kind of like they, they kind of are the ADs in a way mm-hmm. because of how much they've grown with this company with them in general, you know. Mm-hmm. Most of these like brands, I'm sure Rolex knows who some of these people are, you know.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure they know that that attracts. It, it's kind of of a sense of marketing for them that they don't pay for, because the the less watches they get into people's hands, the more people want those watches. And then the right. next time the next time those watches drop, is not gonna be oh like it takes a week to sell out. It'll take the day to sell out, just like the the right hand GMT, like everybody went crazy about that watch. And we talked about that watch and it's, it's a nice watch, but it's not something that I would deem to be better than a Pepsi or, or just like a a better watch than that. But it's just that now people are just, whatever I can get is whatever I can get. Basically what what was, that was the point of watches, at least at that time during like the peak of COVID is whatever I can get my
1: hands on is whatever (laughs) I'll pay for. Right. Right. But people just don't seem to realize Rolex probably produces up to almost 2 million watches a year. If mm-hmm. it, it, It's and always been said that it was one, one and a half, one, no one really. But probably they probably up production. They saw the demand. They know. I'm so, sure it's up to 2 million. You know, the reason why COVID and all that stuff is they were shut down as well. Mm-hmm. So supply was almost impossible to get. So once some things were coming out, people were grabbing and they, they just sell because that up market was, okay, I can keep making because they're not producing. You know, supply and demand right away.
0: And what's crazy about it is that they do look at the gray market dealers as like uh, the "quote unquote" bad guys, just like as they look at resellers in um in the sneaker world as well. Where it's like you don't think that the brand is doing some of this stuff on purpose. It's just not. Like Rolex isn't reaching out to gray market uh, people and like saying like, oh, like yeah, like come buy all our stuff up to hype it up. But they they work together. They work in unison without the hype, right. then nobody cares to pay that much for watches anyways.
1: Right, exactly. They always said that they're going to try to remove gray market and mm-hmm. blah, 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 but if you look at Richard Mill and you look at uh, how they, they set up their game plan, they the the, the president of uh, who runs uh, North America and uh, I'm pretty sure he runs a few other countries, I can't remember exactly his name, but he's an Armenian guy. Many people know him like my father knows him. He's just a greedy, greedy guy. He sold his, I think, he, sold, he like I don't know what is worth. It was like $300 million worth of value. That's where his value is. And the guy will backhand sell to dealers on top of it. The, and then on top, he'll split profit with them so they don't get to pay retail. You know?
2: Dog, the VP of retail for fucking Richard Mill of North America is backdooring? Dog, that's fucking nuts. And I believe it, too. shit <laughs> happens yeah, all, all the time,
0: because people forget that just because a watch sells for $30,000 in the store and everybody has it on, all your favorite rappers have it on, it's still a business at the end of, them for, at the, end of the day for them as well.
1: Right. Exactly. The thing is with Richard Mills, they created such a hype mm-hmm. that, and they uh, produce such an unlimited amount, or what they say. No one really knows exactly how much they actually produce, but they play it. So, like, you walk into a Richard Mills store. And they're gonna, and you like a watch, and they see who you are, what you are, blah blah blah, and they don't like you, they're not gonna sell it to you. Simple plan. plan.
0: It's literally become exactly Simple. what it is to have a working in a luxury <laughs> setting as well. Like it's the same thing with Birkins. They'll, they'll tell you like, hey, you have to be on the list, whatever, whatever, whatever. I can walk into Ball Harbour right now because I know somebody there, and I can get a Birkin for my girl if I wanted to. It's just a relationship. Right. It's all about who you know. Exactly. Right. It's all about who
1: you know now. You know? But to see what's going to happen is no one really knows what's going to, what this, 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 this hype was created, but no one knows how sustainable it's going to be now that everything is continuously trending down.
2: What's the deal with, um? I guess, what's the craziest, like, watch story you've had? Like, have you had people try to sell you fake shit and, like, or like I'm scam sure. you.
1: I'm like sure. That. I'm sure. Fakes pop up all the time. Fake dials pop up all the time. Uh, Frankenstein where they take one watch and they put another watch. They put a fake movement or they use a fake case and they put a real movement. All those have been seen. All that's been popped up. Mm-hmm. Fake APs, fake RMs, fake. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys know, but there's a big story that's popping up now. But I don't know if uh, only people follow him is AB the football mm-hmm. player yeah, or the ex-football yeah. player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you follow him on Instagram, he's been posting every day about how this one guy scammed him with Floyd Mayweather and his other guy named Jonah, how they scammed him out of all these Richard Mills. But uh, no one's really catching up on that story just yet, but I've been hearing about it for a long time. And he's trying to sell these fake RMs now to somebody else, but he's also blasting this guy Jonah and Floyd Mayweather. Like, all of it into that. The biggest thing is no one really knows that Floyd Mayweather's broke and doesn't pay his bills and he owes probably half of 47th Street and half of this large business money for the That's longest time.
0: I mean, it's it's done off a of face. If, if you if you appeal to have the money for uh, people, they'll, they'll let you do it until it's time to pay the bills and they know it's like, hey, this guy's actually broke.
1: Right. But people mm-hmm. don't realize also in our business that some deals are half made and you give somebody a watch, you'll make a deal happen. Just off the fact that, like, you have good faith, Mm -hmm. that person could be going bad, and you just, in your head, it's in the second moment, you'd be like, okay, I could sell this watch right now, I'm not going to lose money. In reality, you just lost everything, because that guy screwed you.
0: So, have you ran into that situation, where, like, off of faith and relationship, I'll sell you these watches? I personally,
1: I personally have not somebody okay. my parents did business with for 10 years screwed them for a large amount of money
0: Okay.
1: and they did he did that to them I have many friends who have had there's many ongoing stories it's probably every few months someone goes bad in our industry and they'll take probably one person for a couple hundred thousand or take the, the whole entire industry for a couple million you know there's one going on right now the guy screwed a whole bunch of people I know it probably amounts about 10 to 15 million dollars that's fucking
0: crazy. That's fucking crazy. That guy, that, that guy must have had a phenomenal face card.
1: Well, it's not... There's no... It's, the thing is, our business is based off of what people really also don't understand, is that you sell a watch without getting paid first in wholesale. Mm-hmm. So I can mm-hmm. ship a watch all over the world, and before I get paid, they have the watch. And Mazzal. that person has it. That, exactly. That, Mazzal, that one person... You trust, and you can have a great relationship, and you can do millions of dollars with them. And that one time they get jammed up, and you're the person following in that jam.
0: That's yeah.
1: probably something. That's probably
0: a piece of information that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, great market dealers. Like a lot of it is done exactly what you said off faith. Like I'm sending
2: right, three four
0: hundred thousand dollars in watches, and it's like I haven't been paid yet, not even half sometimes. And that that's right. a really crazy business to be in because like four hundred thousand dollars in watches, I'm gonna be sweating my ass off until I get paid. <laughs> yeah man, I'd be dying. <laughs> like, like no other business is done that way. And it's crazy that watches is, is are done are done that way. Like where what other business is like, done was like a million dollars in watches yeah. and like I don't get at least half up front.
1: Not many at all, if any.
0: Yeah, like that's fucking insane. So, the what? What's the craziest story that you've heard of, like somebody getting hit for, or like a um, bunch of watches
1: get stolen? Stolen, or, or 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 schemed out of, or like them the dealer going bad. We can do both. Well, stolen is is the fact that I i I see and hear all the time is people are getting robbed left and right now because people think that these watches. Uh, are just the best thing to grab off someone's wrist and some but people don't realize that it just you can't really sell that watch what do you, you, you mm. sell it for a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks because it's hot it's mm. reported stolen it's not it's not worth it i don't really understand why people try to sell sell a watch it's gonna end up being reported stolen you're not gonna really get much money out of it it's not you're better off you're going to work a normal job if not you know like it doesn't make any sense but what i've heard I have a friend in L.A. who's was sitting at a restaurant. He was wearing a $800,000 Richard meal. Oh my God. Two, three people Asshole. walked by. And um, they ended up grabbing the watch off his wrist. He ended up fighting them back. One of them pulled the gun. He grabbed the gun. One of the robbers ended up getting shot. And they ended up making off with his watch. But a few months later, that guy's watch popped up in Mexico. And the guy who had it in Mexico said, I have it for a small reward. I'll give it back to you. And obviously, the guy's not going to even pay him because, first of all, the watch is reported stolen. Second of all, he reported to FBI. And it, it's not going to go really far, but I've heard countless stories like that. Um, I've seen people get robbed. People in my business get robbed all the time because they post on social media and whatnot. And mm-hmm. one person or not follows them and takes their watch. But at the end of the day, people don't realize it. it's not worth the life. It's definitely not. Give that up. I don't you give know. a fuck. Take this, Richard. I don't give a fuck. No, uh, but- we're we're all we're all most of us, ninety percent of us, or ninety-nine percent of us. We all we all travel heavily, heavily armed. We all have either security I mean, you have to. or we have. Yeah, we all, you have to have security. We all have guns. We all have permits. We all have training, but each situation is different are you ready to pull the gun and take someone's life for a watch or you're going or they're going to take your life it all depends you know if you're, how you want to handle it we, we were talking
0: about this before <laughs> you got on um what what do you think is the most spotable watch where it's just like somebody who wants to steal a watch is going to know off rip and when to steal it like i said the rolexes
1: i think rolexes like and yeah. ap's mm-hmm. the thing is People, really, if, you, if, if a robber is robbing you, I don't think they have enough time to really process what they're stealing. Yeah. I think they just see a watch and they think it's worth something. But in reality, I've heard many stories that people also get robbed for fake watches, and I just like think it's a joke because. <laughs> I was gonna say gonna
0: that. I was gonna say that. How much people do you think rob people and get pissed when they're like, "Oh, I just sold a B's watch, and it's a fake Richard Like a uh, great. There's, like, there's a
1: story know. about a guy who robbed somebody in Europe, and what they realized it's fake. They came back and threw it at him. <laughs> that's fucking oh my crazy. God. <laughs> oh my God. You, you, know, know
0: you, you know how you know how pissed you gotta be somebody who steals and just throw it back at you? Like, what the fuck is this?
1: <laughs> that's crazy. Out. and the fact that they wore a fake watch and still got robbed is crazy.
0: Oh can, uh, let's get into the conversation of uh great market dealers or not even great market dealers, just uh jewelers and the bust down conversation. I think uh, I Cut think there's um there, there are two sides to the watch world. There are like uh, people who want to get into more of the watches because they see their favorite rappers wearing watches, and a lot of the favorite rappers wear bust down watches, and they think that that is the watches that they should get. And then you get the other people who are just you know like the snob watches, and they know like if it's not factory set, it's not even worth it. So recently, there's been right. a a conversation um between uh, Trex NYC, somebody who does a ton of bunch uh, bust down watches. And him responding to a video that he had uh, about um, Nico, who was really a big YouTube and gray market dealer as well. And Nico was having a conversation about Cardi B bussing down a Nautilus, and she said she paid a hundred grand for it. She did pay a hundred grand for it, but it's not worth a hundred grand anymore. And Trax NYC was trying to have the conversation of like it is worth a hundred grand because there's forty thousand dollars worth of diamonds in it. You so there's
1: two ways to see. I'm, I'm yeah. actually. Right, right. I'm pretty friendly with Nico. I, I get on the phone with him once in a blue moon, and we catch up, and we talk to him, and whatnot. But um, you have to look at it in this in a sense. What track said is is pretty accurate, too. You take a watch that's worth X amount, amount of value, and it's obviously not completely untouched, uh, used or new or whatnot, but it still has a face value because, obviously, it's a hot, demanding watch. Exactly. And you take it, and you put in labor, You take, you put in diamonds, you put in quality setting and you you take it and you have to add all that value to it. And you have to obviously add your profit on top of it. So she's paying for that watch. What is actually worth? Exactly. But the question is you eliminate 90% of the market and who's going to pay for that watch. And when it comes back to selling it is because not everyone's going to want to buy that watch. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know? So if you're buying it, it's worth it but only worth it to you. It's like, it's like it's buying all- certain artwork.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No? It has all- value, but it's valuable to you.
0: Yeah, it's only worth what you're willing to pay for. So there's there's exactly. a, a small margin of people who would pay for that bust-down Nautilus, and then there's the other margin of people that would... would What, what would the price be to somebody who... It's only factory set, and they see that Nautilus. And what what would
1: that price be? Like, what would it take off if, from it's the actual? The, if it's factory, mm-hmm. yeah. If it's factory, it's worth hundreds of thousands, to yeah. a million. Because if it's jeweler bust down, could though. Him, yeah. If it's jeweler bust down, let's say it's selling for ninety, like like I I buy them once in a while. Mm-hmm. Let's say a paddock that will sell for one fifty uh, bust down. I'll pay eighty for it or seventy five, just because it's such a hard piece to sell that I'm gonna have to invest my money. Yeah. And wait, and the the problem is when you wait, you don't know if market's going up or down. Mm-hmm. So, that seventy five thousand you invested in, you was one selling for one fifty is actually selling for one ten now. You know, you lower your 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 profit, and don't forget, sometimes you have to fix certain stones. Stones fall out, this and that. There's a lot of things that have to go into it.
0: Uh, can we get into like the actual structure of the watch as well, like what they have to do to the watch and how it's deemed to so like people that it ruins it.
1: Right, so it does ruin the watch there's no coming back from it because once you drill into a watch into the case into the bezel there's no fixing that you hollow it out so that's why they if you hold nice out AP or paddock or Rolex, it's very light and people don't realize it's because it's hollowed because they drilled those stones they drilled holes and placed the stone into the set and they set it there mm-hmm. so once you set it it's kind of untouchable again like you can't make it original again you can't fix it and put it back to normal yeah
0: kind of like the aspects of the watch are ruined like no no, it's no longer available for you to just swim with the watch
1: right it's like you kind of could look at it like taking a car and cutting off the fenders and cutting off all that and wide-bodying it and whatnot but then again when when it comes to car you have like you have people who can obviously manufacture and and put all the bumpers back to normal normal and replace it you know so it's kind of it's hard but it's, it's kind of the idea of it
0: it is similar to cars, though, as well, because, like, you can check out a car or whatever, and somebody's willing to pay for that. But the people who are the people who just, like, are watch freaks, I mean, not watch freaks, but car freaks, would only pay for that if it was all factory as well.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know? So I've seen people have... who, who cut G-wagons in half and make them the <laughs> yeah, 4x4 squared. <laughs> That's but, fucking crazy. <laughs> but it's not its not worth the same as a regular G4x4 G4 because... It's obviously not done by Mercedes. Exactly. Sorry, Neva, interrupted you.
2: No, you're fine. Um, you and I have had, I don't know, how many hours on the phone together talking about top threes and of cars. Imagine we had this garage or we had this what is in your collection. Um, if you had like Saudi Prince money, we're talking like whatever, money doesn't mean anything to
1: you. Yeah, money's not a what thing. are your top three watches? I would buy a lot of independent brands, MBNF and all those. I'd buy Airwork, I like I like the quality that they put into these brands and and th- and I think in in the future you will see certain brands. I mean, you already see it now that there's huge. They're starting to grow. Guerlain, and all these brands. They're they're starting to kind of grow their own attention. Mm-hmm. But people obviously it comes down to bust down like same kind of content. People pay what they think it's worth. Mm-hmm. So some people on the resale market they won't pay that kind of money. But these beautiful one of a kind pieces that that are made by these these individual companies not as big as Rolex and obviously AP they have so much more to them more creative more heart more 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 of more story. passion and more That's story really interesting. So, That's interesting so I would like, I would invest
2: before we before we got you on the pod um I was just talking about <laughs> how much of a watch snob you are because like I feel like whenever I come to you for like vintage or something like that you're like yeah but it's not this yeah but it's not that so it's really interesting to hear you actually say that like independence or something that you're into and like i can totally see it you like that stuff right. and you have like a really i'm taste i
1: i'm very unique with my taste i see. I feel like, like i am Amazon a watch though. snob now i'm a very big watch snob. i won't wear a stainless steel watch anymore just because like i just i don't know why i That's just turn tonight. myself away from them <laughs> you know i i only wear gold or platinum if I if I put a watch on my wrist now but I most of the time now I would kind of take away I don't wear watches as much anymore just because you know with the robberies and yeah, what's not become and, too much of a hassle to wear a watch and the hassle it's just, I don't like people looking you know if like, I want to enjoy my passion but I don't want to be judged by it mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I'll take a step back and wait until the world calms down a little bit and whatnot and I'll, I'll bring it back again when I start I'm able to enjoy it but that... as you're saying
0: Oh, the, there is um that aspect as well because I see what you need as well when we used to work together. This aspect of like judgment of about what watch you have, and I feel right. like that is it's pretty always annoying. Something. Yeah, like if if yeah. if I enjoy Cartier tanks, people look at you like, oh, he's he's like entry level broke boy because I don't have a platinum Rolex.
1: Right, but they don't realize like even Kanye was spotted wearing, but um. That that Cartier um crazy hours, and which obviously brought so much hype to it even mm. more than it already is because it's so hard to get. But people don't know that. it's all about what you love and what you like. Exactly, it's how you how you show yourself and how you express your 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 fashion and your, your you express your everything about your your style. You know.
0: Look, man, I'm gonna tell you right now. You- the way you need to interview was way different than what the answers you get. I thought it was going to be like, yo, if you, if, if you don't have a, if you don't have a, a rainbow Daytona, don't talk to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> See, I personally, I don't even, I think they're cool. The rainbow Daytonas, I probably would wear one, but then again, for that amount of money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I probably only wear it somewhere very secure. Exactly. Yeah, and that
2: goes so. to show you like how different the how much the market has changed yeah. in just a couple of months. Like, yeah. And the way the world sees and stuff. It's scary. It, it Listen, it's something that then, I love so much.
1: Back in back in ten years ago, Rainbow Dayton was the first original white gold and yellow gold Rainbow Daytonas, they were trading probably high hundreds. I mean uh high high like right around a hundred, in ninety a hundred thousand. That's where you could wear a watch like that, you know. Mm-hmm. it's Still, it's pushing the limit of boundaries. It's still expensive, but it's not a house. You know? Yes, yeah, it's, it's not, not, not life
0: changing. Like it, it's not like if I robbed this guy and I sell, I can I can sell this watch for of seven hundred
1: grand. Well, you wouldn't be able exactly, to, but in their know? brain,
0: that's what they think.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, it went from a hundred thousand to when they come out with the new model to being seven hundred fifty thousand. Kind of a big step.
0: I mean Definitely. Is. So we we talked about that in just in general with. Uh, What's going on in London and stuff where they have advertisements where it's just like, hey, be careful what watches you wear around here because they will get stolen. It's become that right. in the market now.
1: Exactly. And it's, it, it takes away the fun, the passion, the enjoyment of all this stuff.
0: As, as, as you speak about passion, what are watches that you are passionate about? Like, are you, are you not into the vintage world at all?
1: I am into vintage. I haven't learned my exact, like, place in it yet mm-hmm. I do obviously like the older Daytonas I, I, I like all that but for me it's like I kind of have this old Jewish superstition of where you don't wear somebody else's watch okay because it, it carries their energy so it kind of like it plays a part where like it, like you fight yourself against like oh will I wear this well I have friends who are huge into into vintage watches and I, you obviously see the enjoyment and you you, you see the passion <coughs> but for me, it's kind of something I'm going to probably eventually slowly get into,
0: Yeah,
1: but I don't see myself there yet. Yeah,
0: because I feel like me and Niamh are definitely more into Vince's watches than they are, in, than we are into the newer watches. Just because, just like, I, I like the story of uh, how the watch got to the point of it getting to my wrist.
1: Right. Rather than right. just
0: like, hey, I gave it AD. I think, I think all Fox those the- stories
1: are fascinating, very cool, yeah. 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 You see, you see the, for me, I w- I don't really tend to wear the typical watch that you would see someone would buy from the A. V. just to flip. I, I like I I personally I like RBRs which are the diamond bezel or TBRs Rs, the, the baguette bezel day dates. I like the meteorite sky dwellers with the uh, baguettes on them and the iced out like factory. I like factory diamonds, like uh, factory uh, I like factory setting that like no one really would have. Yeah. It's I mean, when when you catalog pieces, I look unique.
0: Yeah, when you get to the point that you are where you've seen all these watches, you know? then it then it becomes the point of like, I don't want to look like my customer. I want to have stuff that my customers wouldn't really right. have, and that's where that's where it gets to, because that style exactly. is a little different from the style that, the well, specifically that I like. I don't really like the watches with the diamonds or anything on it, cause, or like a, a polished precious metal, because it doesn't. It's too flashy for me. I don't really. I can't wear that. Right. Like I, that, that's immediately like right. I feel like fifty people are watching me while I'm eating brunch. Like I I can't do that.
1: Right, right. You see that's that's where it comes into, like, are you gonna wear it for the looks or are you gonna wear it because you enjoy it, and that's kind exactly the case, you know? That's also where I myself because I don't want the looks but I really enjoy it, but that's why I just don't wear because I don't need the looks.
2: I mean, that was a great conversation. I think I learned a lot about just from aspect of like the business the back end of it um, to me the most interesting part has been like how much trust is put into this and like wow. how this is really like a homegrown family business between like a handful of people like in compared to like a sample size of watches that watch into these in general there's like a handful of people that are like running this unbelievably complex market in the back end and just to see how much trust and like value goes into it is so cool to me Right.
1: yeah it's very very interesting once you start to learn and really see what really like every business in, in a sense you learn really the aspect of what goes into mm-hmm. actually how it runs and you see like how actually like this is what you have to do to be successful or how to try to be successful or try. To... well listen at the end of the day there's always ups and downs everybody they make the money they lose money it's, it's just like any other
0: business yep I think that's a good way to end off this episode uh, no concept of time episode 5 uh, thank you, Ellie, for coming on. I'm sure we're going to have you on again because you need likes to have thank
2: you,
1: guys.
0: conversations about why all fucking day. So <laughs> there we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anytime. Please let me know.